This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm going to go over uh, the last six games on the slate. If you didn't listen to yesterday's podcast episode, I go over the first seven games. There's 13 total games this week uh, because, of the, uh, because of all the teams on by six pivotal <laughs> teams You know when it comes to fantasy football. Um, a lot of fantasy development players are, are not going to be playing this week. So uh, check out yesterday's episode as well. That was part one with seven of the games. And I'm going to go over the other six games today. Um, also, you know, just keep in mind that, you know, as I go over this stuff, I record, I'm recording this on Thursday. So obviously there will be a bunch of injury news uh, coming out, you know, late Thursday and Friday and Saturday over the weekend. So just keep up to date. Uh, with my Instagram stories because I will be updating everybody on there uh, with you know th- with the injury news that comes out and also the analysis kind of surrounding that and, and how to deal with those situations as well. So uh, to make sure you you follow me at Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram. Uh, but yeah, let, let's just get right into it. Let's start with the Lions at the Rams. Um, this is a <laughs> the Rams are favored by 15 points in this one, 50 and a half over under. Um, Rams are obviously a good defensive play this week. Uh, but DeAndre Swift, uh, he's had several games now uh, with over 70% of snaps in a row. Um, so he's really separating himself from Jamal Williams. His target share for the season is at 18%, which is absolutely ridiculous for a running back. Uh, he's also getting short yardage work as well. Um, you know, so with the Lions down most games, he's going to produce. And he is uh, a very solid RB1 uh, Jamal Williams isn't really startable right now. He was early on in the season, but at this point, you know, uh, DeAndre Smith has three games over 70% of snaps, so it's really tough to project Jamal Williams, um, you know, as doing much, especially with the Lions, you know, not favored uh, in any of these games. Uh, TJ Hawkinson uh, came back to what we knew he was, and that's a solid tight end one. Um, this is a neutral matchup for him, so continue to keep him in your lineups. Amon Ross St. Brown has been the most consistent wide receiver. Over the last few weeks, based on target share, he's averaging over 20% target share over the last several weeks. Uh, he runs almost all of his routes from the slot. And, and while Jalen Ramsey lines up around there, he doesn't necessarily you know, stick on slot wide receivers. That's not necessarily his role. So the Rams have actually allowed the fifth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last four weeks. So you know this is a good matchup for him. The lines are going to be down, uh, and you know they're going to be throwing the ball a ton. So maybe he'll extend his five-plus catch streak from three games to four this week so you know ppr flex option um and you know he's a solid option this week uh, considering all the buys matt stafford solid qb1 good matchup uh daryl henderson solid rb1 as well great matchup for him against the lions um cooper cup obviously in as a high end wide receiver one 
Detroit has actually been the best team against slot wide receivers this year, believe it or not, uh, from a raw fantasy point perspective. Um, So we'll see if they can stop Cup. But, you know, Cup is a bit of a unicorn because not only is he in the slot, but he's the most schemed up receiver in the league. So, you know, keep in mind that teams don't throw a ton against the Lions uh, because they don't need to. So this number, uh, this raw number is, is, you know, extremely skewed, right? Um, I think Cup should be fine. Robert Woods' target share dropped again to to under 17%. He scored a touchdown but caught only two balls on five targets. Um, I would label him as like a borderline wide receiver too this week. Uh, Not sure there's going to be a ton of pass volume for this offense, Um, you know, against the Lions. I would assume that they're going to run the ball a ton. Uh, Tyler Higby's routes jumped up to where he was at in week one, uh, which is elite, uh, but we need the targets to come up a bit, and I think it will. You know, if he continues to run routes at the rate he did last week, which is above 90% of dropbacks, um, you know, his he should be, you know, go from a low-end tight end one to a solid tight end one, um, you know, from here on out. But we'll see if that, that becomes a trend. Uh, as far as the matchup goes, it's a neutral matchup for him. Um, okay, let's move on to the Eagles at the Raiders. The Raiders are favored by three points, 49 point over under. Uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, we have to done every single week from a fantasy perspective. So he's a solid QB one. Uh, Devontae Smith didn't come through last week because of the ineptitude of this offense, but his usage is solid, and I'd continue to start him. He's at a 22% target share for the season. Uh, he's a borderline wide receiver, too. Just keep in mind that Casey Hayward uh, will potentially shadow Devontae Smith. So, you know, he gets a little bit of a downgrade in terms of matchup. Uh, he's been playing very well this week. Obviously, you couldn't stop Cortland Sutton last week, but, you know, Cortland Sutton's a little bit of a different beast <laughs> in terms of size. Right. Um, Dallas Goddard, you know, he instantly becomes a solid tight end one because of Zach Ertz's departure to Arizona. The, the Raiders have given up the sixth most fantasy points to tight ends this season, the fifth most receiving yards to tight ends, and, and they're tied for giving up the, the third most uh, touchdowns to tight ends. So, you know, if you don't have Goddard and you need an every week tight end, I try my best to try and secure him in a trade and buy him before he starts going off. His yards per route run. Uh, is very high since last season, and he's been a part-time player. So, you know, Jalen Hurts is targeting the tight end at a high rate this year, so he's a good target right now. Um, I can see him being, you know, a top-five tight end, um, you know, when it's all said and done at the end of the year. Um, And, by the way, he's off the COVID list, so he's ready to roll. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, how this trade plays out for the wide receivers because, you know, more 11 personnel should be coming. We got a glimpse of it last week, you know, where Jalen Rager – is more of a full-time play, and Quez Watkins will see the field more. Um, you know, he he low-key had a 17% target share uh, three weeks ago, and then a 21% target share this past week. So, you know, he's a big, big, big play guy, you know, talking about Quez Watkins here. So he is someone to watch in case he does get more playing time. Miles Sanders is a flex option, uh, but he probably probably becomes an RB2 this week because of all the bye weeks. Um his usage is getting better. He plays on 75% of snaps in week five. Uh, he played in 75% of snaps in week five. Then he played in 82% of snaps in week six. So he just needs the damn touches, to be honest with you. I think it'll happen soon. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've admitted that he needs to get more touches. But, you know, actions over words here, right? Uh, Derek Carr on the other side of the ball, you know, he can be started if you're desperate. I'm not loving it. Uh, Josh Jacobs, he's a good running back to start this week. Probably high in RB2. You know, if you think about it, you know, given all the buys, but the Eagles have given up the fifth most rushing yards to running backs, the sixth most fantasy points to running backs this season. Hopefully the targets we saw in week four and week five come back because he only got one target last week, you know, but it was in a win 
compared to the losses the two weeks prior when he did get the targets. Um, but we'll see. But, you know, this matchup is a good one for him. Darren Waller, you know, he's such a good buy low right now. He hasn't come through in a while, yet he's right at the top of the league in tight end target share at 24%. The Eagles haven't been good at defending tight ends. Uh, they've given up the eighth most fantasy points to the position. So, you know, I would buy him before Sunday. If you're looking for upside, Henry Ruggs is an upside play, you know, regardless of the matchup. Could be a nice bye week fill-in for some upside. Henter Runfro. Henter Runfro. Hunter Renfro <laughs> is a PPR flex play uh, as well. Um, and obviously these guys do get upgraded because of the bye weeks. Uh, moving on to the Bears and the Bucks. The Bucks are favored by 12.5 points, 47 point over under. This is an overall tough matchup for the Bears. Definitely tough for the running backs. Uh, Khalil Herbert looked good last week and he got all the opportunity. Um, this is a tough matchup. But if Damian Williams is out this week, I'm definitely willing to play Herbert as a RB2, you know, despite the tough matchup, because, you know, when a player gets all the opportunity, he's a three down back, it kind of trumps the matchup every time, or most of the time at least, right? If Damian Williams is good to go, um, I'll be avoiding the backfield. Uh, Williams might be the better play because of the fact that the Bears will likely be down and Williams is most likely the passing down guy, uh, but he'll be a bit of a desperate play for me. Um, I, I'd be avoiding Herbert in that situation if Damian does play. The Tampa secondary, though, is extremely vulnerable. So Allen Robinson and Mooney, uh, they do get upgrades, you know, not for much, but, you know, their target share is awesome. The target quality and raw volume is not. Uh, but Darnell Mooney, you know, he runs about 40% of his routes on the right side, and that's where the Bucks have given up the most fantasy points to wide receivers this season. So there's a bit of upside here if you need him this week. Um, but, you know, these guys are, are both flex options. On the other side of the ball, you're starting Tom Brady, obviously, as a solid QB1. All of the Tampa receivers are in your lineup as top 20 options. The Chicago secondary has gotten better this year. And Mike Evans' side of the field, which is the left perimeter, you know, where he runs most of his routes from, Chicago has actually given up the least amount of fantasy points to that side. That being said, I'm still starting Evans. You know, teams haven't needed to pass the ball a whole lot against Chicago, similar to what's happening against Detroit. Uh, the, the raw numbers might not be great, but Tampa is, is a pass-first offense and a pass-in-all-situation type of offense. So, you know, that can change. Uh, Antonio Brown, you know, he's obviously on a roll. Keep him in your lineup. Chris Godwin has the best matchup of, of all these wide receivers. Um, if you look at it, you know, on an individual basis, Chicago has given up the 10th most fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year, uh, even with teams not throwing a lot against them. Um, so, And Godwin is due for a big game, so this can be one. Uh, Leonard Fournette is, and by the way, I, when I say that Godwin is due for a big game, I'm not just saying that because like he hasn't had a big game in a while. It's because he hasn't have, ha, had a big game on the stat sheet, but his his um, his um, usage is good. He's on the field a ton. He's running a lot of routes. He's getting targeted just enough. Um, <clears throat> his blow-up game is actually going to come. Uh, Leonard Fournette is a running back one this week, You know, given all the buys. He's taken over the backfield. Uh, he's averaging more than 22 touches per game over the last three weeks on a great offense. Um, the five targets per game is a great added touch to his weekly floor. So if you have Fournette, put him in your lineup. Keep him in your lineup. You probably started him last week too. Uh, Gronk isn't in pads as of Thursday's practice. Uh, so no word on whether he's playing this week. If he does play, he's a low-end 10-1. Um, you know, this week in his first game back, I'm not sure if he'll play you know, his normal amount of snaps in his first game back, but, you know, you can't really be picky at tight end, so if he's your only option, I get it. All right, moving on to the Texans at Cardinals. Uh, this is a 17-and-a-half 
uh, difference here. Cardinals are favored by 17.5 points, 47.5 over under. Kyler Murray, he's in your lineup, obviously. Chase Edmonds, um, his practice status should be paid, paid attention to. Not because he won't play, uh, but, you know, to approximate what his workload is going to look like. He was limited in touches over the past two weeks, uh, and, it, you know, he was also limited in practice as well over the last two weeks. And, and I think it's, you know, he's, he's been limiting in these games because of that shoulder injury that he's dealing with. Um, so if he does get a full practice in, I think that would be a great sign, and I'd play him as a solid RB2 in PPR leagues. Um, if, you, if he doesn't get any full practices in, I'll probably play him as a flex. If that makes sense, kind of get you know, kind of downgrade him just a little bit. Um, now, if Edmonds is not getting full practices in, also like I'd be upgrading James Conner, you know, who's been getting a lot of goal line carries, and with you know the Cardinals are favored by seventeen and a half points in this game, so he has a chance of getting some some volume either way. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, high end wide receiver to start. Hopkins does have the best matchup of all the wide receivers on the left perimeter. The Texans have given up the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers on that side. So a little bit of an added benefit for him. Christian Kirk, he's a boom-bust flex option. I think he gets upgraded to a wide receiver three this week with all the wide receivers on by. Um, the matchup isn't amazing, but it's it's relatively neutral, honestly. Um, with Max Williams' injury now, like I thought we'd see, end up seeing more Rondell Moore. And we can see that this week because Zach Ertz can't, you know, you know, Zach Ertz, like, we, it's, I'm going to be really curious to see how much he plays. Um, so, you know, if they do play more 10 personnel, you'll see more Rondell Moore. But it seems like they do want that tight end, and that's why they traded for him. So, Rondell Moore, unfortunately, you know, I'm not sure how much, um, you know, how many snaps he's going to see in 11 personnel in three wide receiver sets. As of right now, it's back on Christian Kirk's side. Uh, AJ Green, he's a wide receiver three this week. He's been relatively consistent over the last few weeks, and he's on a good offense, so his production can stay elevated. Um, you know, just elevated enough most weeks to keep you happy. On the Texan side, the only guy I'm starting is Brandon Cooks. He's a wide receiver too. Uh, the Cardinals defense is a great start this week. All right, Colts at 49ers. Um, the 49ers are favored by four points, 44 point over under. Um, T.Y. Hilton. Might not play this week. As of Thursday, he is he has a 50-50 shot. Um, so, you know, continue to start Michael Pittman as a borderline wide receiver too. The matchup isn't amazing against the 49ers despite their lack of depth at the, you know, in their secondary right now. Uh, but they've found a way to tighten the ship. Um, still, you know, Pittman is at 24% target share on the season. And now, you know, with T.Y. Hilton back last week... Pittman's target share actually dropped to 16%. So we'll see if that becomes a trend if Hilton ends up staying healthy. Uh, this week, though, Hilton might not play a full complement of snaps. Um, you know, so keep that in mind. But also, Paris Campbell, you know, I think he has a significant foot injury at this point. So he, he's going to be out for a while. Um, so, you know, it can be a wash, you know, with Hilton kind of replacing Campbell. Unless Hilton starts demanding targets, which he kind of did last week. Uh, on the routes that he did run, he was targeted on 25% on those routes. So... This is a fluid situation as of right now, but I'm continuing to start Michael Pittman. Jonathan Taylor, you know, RB1 start this week. His opportunity hasn't gone up, but he was extremely efficient over the last two weeks because he's simply one of the best running backs in the NFL. Um, I just wished he would consistently uh, get more snaps and touches than he does right now. If I can sell Taylor, you know, for an Eckler or a Cook or someone like that, I would, even if it's, you know, a part of a package. But if you don't sell him, you know, you still have a pretty damn good running back on your hands uh, who is an every week start. 
Carson Wentz, you know, he can be started, like, if you need a spot start this week, but I'm not thrilled about this matchup against San Francisco. Um, they've given up the second-least passing guards this season, so, you know, not not too pumped about that. Uh, Debo Samuel, he's a wide receiver one this week. Indy has given up the sixth-most fantasy points to wide receivers as a whole and the fourth-most uh, on the perimeter. So, you know, teams haven't passed much against them. Um, I, don't th- I don't see this being a tough day for Samuel. He's at a 31% target share on the season. Uh, now, in this backfield, Elijah Mitchell, Mitchell, I think, is a solid RB2 this week. Um, Trey Sermon was not given any of the workload, you know, the week before their bye, despite him being healthy. Elijah Moore was just back and healthy, basically. Uh, but Elijah Moore handled all the early down work, uh, and fullback Kyle Juszczyk, handled all of the pass and down work. Mitchell should be the guy on early downs this week and can potentially hit 20 carries in this game if it stays close. So, you know, can this become a timeshare all of a sudden after their bye with Mitchell and Sermon this week? Of course, this is Kyle Shanahan we're talking about, right? But with the 49ers looking at Marlon Mack and trade rumors, I'm not sure if that's the case. I'm not sure if they have that confidence in, in Sermon because if they did, would they really be looking at, at Marlon Mack? But hey, that, I mean, that is a rumor, Right. Um, the Colts have been pretty good against running backs fantasy-wise, uh, giving up the fifth-least fantasy points to the position. Um, the 49ers' run scheme is legit, though, so it's a bit of a wash. And, you know, Mitchell does have that home run ability, so I'm fine putting Mitchell in my lineups. All right, Monday night game, Saints and Seahawks. What a wonderful game this goes, this is going to be. Um, the, Seahawks, the Saints are favored by five points in this game in Seattle, um, 43 and a half over under. The only player I'm starting on the Saints is Alvin Kamara as a high-end RB1. Great matchup for him. Um, I can totally see him seeing 25-plus touches this week. Uh, Marquez Callaway, desperate start for some upside if you really, really need it. Uh, Jameis Winston, you know, he's a, you know, a QB2, but, you know, if you really, you know, if you're like in a 14-team league and you got a bunch of QBs on by, I understand considering him, but I, I don't really want to start him. Uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett on the other side of the ball. They can still be started, obviously. DK definitely has had more success than Lockett with Geno Smith, you know, through about a game and a half or so. Metcalf is a wide receiver, too. That's where I'm ranking him. Lockett, you know, more like a high wide receiver three with upside. The matchup is pretty good, though. The Saints have allowed the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last four games. The fifth most to the right perimeter, specifically where Lockett runs most of his routes from. And, you know, overall, it's just a good matchup for these guys. Um, You know, got to obviously knock this offense down without Russ, but, you know, we'll see um, how how they perform, you know, with with another game under their belt. Uh, I'm really hoping the Seahawks air it out here, honestly. You know, given the Saints' extremely good rushing defense and subpar passing defense, you know, but knowing Pete Carroll, this dude will try and establish the run and run it up the gut, you know, no matter what. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I'm, I'm hoping that Pete Carroll can understand what the game plan should be here. Um, so, you know, tough matchup for the Saints running backs. You know, I'm not starting any of them. Um, I'm sorry, for the Seattle running backs. I'm not starting any of them, especially given the, you know, ambiguity over, you know, who will even be getting touches in the backfield this week. Rashad Penny's coming back. Alex Collins is banged up. They have Travis Homer and DJ Dallas involved as well. So for me, bad matchup, ambiguity over who is going to get the touches. I'm just I'm just on a full avoid, um, you know, for this backfield this week. And that's it. I went over all of 13 games over the past two episodes. So make sure you go check out uh, the last episode if you didn't listen to it. Uh, but I hope you guys have a really good one. Um, I'm going to be updating injuries, like I said, updating any pieces of news, any any updates on my Instagram stories over the next few days throughout the weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So keep an eye out on that. I'm also going to be going live on Sunday 
um, at 12 p.m. Eastern time at noon, one hour before the main kickoff. Um, I will be live on my Instagram uh, with a couple other buddies uh, who run Instagram accounts, who run amazing fantasy football Instagram accounts as well. So we'll be live answering questions, start sick questions for about an hour. So uh, make sure you tune in for that. Uh, but until then, guys, um, I really, really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Thank you so much, and I will talk to you soon. Take it easy. See ya.